Ghosted premiered on October 1st, 2017 on Fox. Let's put 23 minutes on the clock. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. This is Pilot Study, episode 61. My name is Chris Lantinen. I'm Grimes. And this is the show where we talk pilots. We love that title talk. We weirdly, especially today, care about recasting. And we hate second episodes. And today we have a special guest. You'll remember him from our On the Air episode a few episodes ago he is a regular on my other show the modern vinyl podcast welcome x-files super fan alan miller welcome alan hey guys i like to hey. make sure that people know you're a super fan of multiple things so last time it was david lynch <laughs> this time it's the x-files <laughs> um really it's anything that is um, considered nerdy and or weird I basically suppose. you just want to put all of it on me in case like something needs explained exactly you just want to go he's the expert exactly so if there's any x-files references in this episode which there is definitely a couple then uh, we're going to go to you and you and if you don't know them then the x-files fans are going to come after you really hard well i do have a signed picture of david duchovny and uh gillian 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 anderson I which way should you say i believe it's gillian yeah, Jillian Anderson. Okay. Wow. Pretty uneducated fan, if you ask me. <laughs> I got no, that I picture when I was in elementary picture, school. Not the pronunciation. That's true. Yeah. That's true. She signed it. It doesn't speak to him. Uh, exactly. So, who are One the question? Who very are the, quick. Who are the X Files people that are still roaming like the cons? Because they had a Pittsburgh con last year, and Duchovny was there, and he also doubled that up with a little performance with his band because he had a new album out. And uh, and the what? other guy who goes to all the cons is Skinner. Oh, Mitch Pileggi. Yeah, he goes to all yeah. of them, it seems like. He's always got one lined up like every single weekend. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Probably good for Do- his bank account. Duchovny has a band? Duchovny definitely. <laughs> Side quest, Duchovny definitely has a band. <laughs> Bizarre. And I'm pretty sure like the last time he went on Nerdist, because I was all excited because we were going through our, our big X-Files watch last year, I think it was about it was because of the band. I don't think it was because of the show coming out. I mean, I think the show was coming out as well, but they spent a a, a, a unworthy amount of time talking about his band. I suppose. Well, is his band called either A Fox and the Fluke Men or B <laughs> Jose Chung's from Outer Space? Which which one's his band called? Uh, neither of those. Ah. Uh, but his band is called Hell or High Water, I believe. Or is that his? Or is that the song? No, that was the last album. The last album was called Hell or High Water. I don't know what the band's called. It might just be David Duchovny with with <laughs> like session musicians. Wow. So. Okay. Good God. <laughs> that's that's how you know um, Pilot Study will have gone super downhill is when me and Grimes start a band. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kinda like, there it's was kind that, of like what was the question grassy. though? Grimes had a question though. What was it? You were I did ask. have a question. Um, did you get the autographs in person, or did you like write into Fox and get it as a here, like form yeah, letter? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do the quick quick story here. So in elementary school, we had a thing like around fourth grade where it was like a reading competition, 
and we're like who could read the most books or something like that and we all had to write into who we liked to see if they would send us some free stuff to win for the contest and that's what i got i wrote into no Fox way. for the x-files yeah and they sent a, a signed picture and guess who wow. read enough books to get that damn signed picture it was me wait I got so you it. you won sir reading wait, is wait, fundamental wait. hold on hold on so it was a reading <laughs> contest yeah yet the prize was something that you sent away for yeah, so everybody sent and got different things in, and then it was like a it was like an auction thing. So the more books you read, the more points you got for this auction. So I just read a shit ton of books to make sure and get enough points to win this thing. But there were like other stuff being auctioned off that people used all their points on, so it so didn't matter. What if somebody sent sent away for something that they really want it, and then you, the point whore, comes in and steals their item? That that was possible. Yeah, like someone could have done that's that just, to him too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Coca Cola sent us like this mini fridge that was just bitching. It was amazing. Whoa. And some and like all of the kids were wasting their points trying to bid on that thing. And I was like, Meanwhile, fuck it, I want the, X, the I want the X Files. You the fucking dork was just rubbing your hands <laughs> together. I'm, I'm getting that side photo with zero girls around me just sitting by myself like bidding on this x-files all right we got the x-files picture five thousand points exactly (laughs) uh let's do some specs on ghosted so we've got adam scott as just a great character name of max jennifer two first names (laughs) two first names different sexes always love that uh we have craig robinson as leroy wright this uh, episode was written by tom gormican who is the creator of the series along with kevin etten and it's directed by jonathan crystal who has quite the um quite the reel here he is a co-creator on baskets he is also a director there. He is a longtime writer on Portlandia. He was a writer on The Kroll Show. He was a former SNL guy, Tim and Eric guy. Basically, he's been involved in every single hip, funny series of the past few years. He hasn't really lended his talents to anything that didn't end up being good. So I'm hoping he has like some good omen or some good touch. But he's only done, yeah, so did, he's only did done he one, one, one episode, out? though. So he sat this one out then? Was no, this, no, was not... no. Jonathan Crystal directed this one. Yeah, he directed uh, this but one. That's hard it. for me to believe. But that's hard it. for me to believe. That's it. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean that he's good and therefore he couldn't have directed this pilot? Yeah, he's, this pilot. he's <laughs> exactly. He's great in so many things. Oh, it's hard to believe okay. he directed this one. Uh, yeah, so they switched directors after the pilot. Um, so that could be a one-time deal. But they do go right to Lynn Shelton for episode two, who's got a bunch of good directing credits herself. So they're getting people, and I, that has to be um, that has to be partly Adam Scott's connections within uh, the producing world because he produces a lot of really cool stuff so i'm sure they'll get some good filmmakers in there to lend an eye uh tom gormican though who created it has a much more checkered history i've found uh his lone credit his lone his lone big credit is a movie called the that awkward moment this was hmm. a movie with michael b jordan zach efron and miles teller so we've got uh uh what's michael b jordan's big role oh uh, creed we've got creed we've got zach efron obviously comes with a lot of cachet and we've got miles teller who's had quite a bit of success in his early career and it was a big dud so you can just imagine how bad that movie was if it had those three guys (laughs) and still failed (laughs) (laughs) and then to complete the triangle here kevin etten has uh workaholics desperate housewives and scrubs credits on him so it is a little all three classics yeah and i'd say it's a little scary that the the least successful guy is the big creative force here maybe that's what you're seeing alan is him yeah i don't know i hope i hope not (laughs) i hope that's not that's not what's gonna happen music by jeff russo uh this is a good thing he has uh done fargo 
Yeah, strange. Yeah, and he's I'll, a great composer. I'll tell you what I what I hear in the score in a second, but music by Jeff Russo, Fargo, Legion, Star Trek Discovery, which I hear has a great score. Kind of the go-to guy for uh, TV genre composing at this point. He also mm-hmm. did Channel Zero, which a lot of people love. That's on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, is, is, yep. is it still is it still called Sci-Fi? Uh, yeah, they just spell it differently. Yeah. Uh, oh, what are the S Y F Y. Oh, it's edgier. But like, (laughs) but no, that Channel Zero is great. That's a great show on there Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, for a lot. Is that an anthology or is it like a Black Mirror style setup or does it have a have connective connective tissue? It's kind of like American Horror Story, where each Mm. season is completely different. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I hear I just hear Ghostbusters. Like I hear like Ghostbuster. No, I won't say rip off, but it seems like a lot of it is like kind of beat based and has like 80s a, influence. Li- listen, kinda, as the yeah. resident as the resident Ghostbusters expert yes. and Elmer Bernstein ex- mm-hmm. expert for the score to Ghostbusters. Um, I all I hear is a facsimile of or facsimile, however you say it, of Stranger Things. That's all I hear. Yeah, you is told, him you trying told to do that. those like he's trying to do those little synth numbers that the survive guys do on is it survive that the stranger yeah, things survive yeah yeah two yeah. of them yeah he i feel like he's trying to like kind of inch over into that a little bit just to make it familiar to people that might be watching this show hmm. it it seemed cheerier to me like so, like the survive music well, is synth based but it's all like it all seems to be in down keys you know well no the 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 volume 1 of that stranger things uh collection is extremely happy like there's hardly any downbeat stuff in that it's volume two that gets into like the spookier scarier stuff hmm. but the volume one is incredibly upbeat i'll have, I'll have to do a side-by-side comparison yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i don't Please know do. i heard i heard upbeat i heard like especially like the ghostbusters 2 stuff i heard a little bit there but that might just be my um who's the guy that does the song for ghostbusters 2 well bobby brown was bobby the main brown. guy maybe, maybe i'm just like hearing that's that a song deep pool and, there holy yeah <laughs> alan is the master of the deep pool um a few other cast members, Adil Akhtar from The Big Sick. He plays he plays with the brother in The Big Sick. Very good in that. Uh, he is like the health specialist dude, I guess. They didn't do a very good job of Barry? describing who does what, but he's Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is he is like the health guy. And Amber Stevens West, she is like the gun expert, I guess. And she had roles in 22 Jump Street, and um, more extensively, she was in Greek. But in 22 Jump Street, she is the daughter of Ice Cube. And it leads to that great scene where he grabs the green beans and throws them on his plate and is really angry. Have either of you guys seen Jump Street, or am I just blown in the wind here? No, I have not. Uh, I have not seen 22. I only was privy to the first. (laughs) I did not not feel the mythology worth following. (laughs) I, I did not, sir. <laughs> uh, so the, the big thing I want to point out is that there was a recasting. The Amber Stevens West role was originally a woman named Edie Patterson, who is on uh, Vice Principals right now, playing like a teacher, a very fucked up teacher character. And uh, yeah, so she was in the first version. And on the dock, I have screenshotted a few segments and you see her at the bottom of the three images. I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but uh, she's at, at the uh, bottom, moment, the bottom on the right. And you can see that even when they reshot it, because they brought in a uh, West, they've changed the room completely. Oh, weird. Yeah. Do you see, mm, see yeah. those three images? So the top is from the current show. 
but the bottom two are from the trailer, which was released with Patterson in it. So they shot it in a different room, changed the room, and brought in a new actress. And I think I think they're wearing the same thing at least, right? It yeah, it looks like. looks to be. He's he's rocking that Hawaiian shirt. But yeah, that's the yeah. big uh, that's the big recasting. I don't know exactly why but they said daniel feinberg who's a big tv writer said the role played in the original pilot by Edie patterson was actively unamusing and not surprisingly the part has been recast um in parentheses which won't necessarily help and is being tweaked which may so <laughs> i also want to add like to to go into the stranger things a little bit too those those two screenshots that room is very evocative of it's very stranger the, thingies uh, it is very stranger <laughs> things like just like the lab scenes inside of Stranger Things. It's very similar to that. They did a couple of interviews, because I was reading through the in- interviews today, where they were combining like Midnight Run with Stranger Things. Like They named that as a reference, although it only came out that, like two years ago. Well, that makes me feel better about the score, then. They might have been actually trying to hit on that a little bit. Yeah, but it seems like they're more so ripping off elements from it or capitalizing on the fact that Stranger Things was a thing. You yeah. Know, which... Uh, We'll, we'll get into why this pilot doesn't work, but I don't think they need to be pulling anything <laughs> from an 80s show about kids. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, before we dive into the show itself, I kind of wanted to talk um, about Adam Scott. Alan, yes. what what do you see? <laughs> I mean, what is your, like, peak Adam Scott role? Where do you think he works best? Grimes, chime in here. Whoever thinks they have some Adam Scott. <laughs> I, uh, I got a little bit. Uh, I, dirt I can to get... dish. Yeah, I, I like Adam Scott a lot. Um, I was a big fan of his in Parks and Rec, of course. Of course. Uh, I think he was amazing in that. I also liked him a lot on the You Talking You Too to Me podcast. I Hell thought he yes. was amazing on <laughs> my, my favorite podcast of, of all time. I mean, besides yeah. Pilot Study, obviously. Of course. Right, right, right. Well, and, and Modern Vinyl Podcast, right? Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, but I don't want to get too much into the show part yet. But the problem is he's not he's having a hard time veering away from Adam Scott. Like he's just Adam Scott and everything. And I think that's, that's kind of hurting him when he tries to get away from like either his role in parks and rec or on the podcast, which he's just playing himself on the podcast, really a heightened version of himself. But still it's like, I, it's hard for me to tell when he's acting and when he's not acting. And that's, that's troublesome when you try to jump to, a different genre than what your what your normal is i guess but well he's done genre before that's the thing and like in krampus True. he's not i really, forgot about that yeah he's not yeah, really doing like the sarcastic um kind of it's not that he plays a man child it's kind of that he plays like a guy that's too smart for its own, for his own good and a lot of this stuff and in Krampus, he feels more so like an average Joe and a guy just trying to keep his family together at Christmas. And he has like some very human moments. I'm not sure how many people watch that, but I mean, he likes genre because he did Krampus. He did that movie, um, Little Evil, that was on Netflix. That's kind of I like, haven't watched that yet. Yeah, The Omen Takeoff. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> I, uh, I loved him in Party Down the most. Yeah, and, and in that he plays, again, a guy who is not again is not falling into the too smart for his own good trap he's like this downtrodden failure it's humbled a little bit and then he has to kind of you know he's a little bit a little bit edgier i mean he's not trying to be as likable certainly as he does on parks and rec so well i think humble humble adam scott's usually the best because the humor comes from either just straight up depression (laughs) 
or, right, or, right. or it just comes from a darker place and i think he, he's able to pull that off really well but then he he has this other mode where and i would say that he's closer to you talking you two to me adam scott in this than he is party yeah, I down agree. just like yeah, a, a, height, a heightened version of like the jerk slash intelligent guy Yep. And that might be my problem is it might just be imprinted on me from the podcast and Parks and Rec, which that's what I've watched and mm-hmm. viewed the most of him in. And that might be what where I'm having a trouble like disconnecting him from that same role and everything. It's kind of like the delivery of like Scott, you know, like, yeah, it's like his delivery of Scott Aukerman, like when he's trying to be sarcastic, <laughs> like that's right. his delivery for the whole episode of this program. Grimes, what is your peak, Adam Scott? Is it party down? For me personally, yeah, that's my favorite. But I mean, I guess like peak peak would you can't really deny Parks and Rec. That show got a lot better when uh, he and Rob Lowe entered the scene. Yeah, he's um, good in that. So. I think we can't let Step Brothers pass because he's oh man, yeah, pretty great in Step Brothers, and that was really like his big. I think I read somewhere that he wasn't really doing comedy before that. He was like trying to do dramatic stuff. Like is Torque Yeah, he was in the Aviator too. He was in the Don't Aviator. Is is Torque dramatic? Alan, have you seen Torque? Yes. Torque? <laughs> I don't remember Torque. I remember the name, but I don't remember what it is. He has... Motorcycle Fast and the Furious, basically. Feds think you did it. Agent McPherson, Federal Gang Task Force. Oh. There's, there's, <laughs> a, there's a you two talking, or you talking you two to me shirt that has Adam Scott from Torque in it. And I believe <laughs> at the bottom it says Adam Scott in Torque. <laughs> like That's in, amazing. In really little lettering. I'll find it when somebody else is. Well, now that you mentioned Step Brothers, like, yeah, he's playing a comedic role in Step Brothers, but he's playing it straight. So, yeah, I mean, I, he he does kind of act in a different way in Step Brothers. I didn't even think That's about true. that one. He does bridge the gap there. Yep. I think he's a straight man and funny man. I think he's a pretty interesting actor, and I think he's a pretty good project picker. Like, I just wish, I wish he had something successful, something really successful to anchor his career because when he takes risks, and it's actually quite a he takes risks a lot and i think probably parks and rec is bankrolling a lot of that risk like the overnight yeah, the overnights so. is a great movie um which he produced and starred in with uh jason schwartzman uh really really good um he was really good in big little lies like i thought he was great in that and even like he took me out of it a couple of times just because i've spent so much podcast time with him now you know, and I, yeah. that persona is kind of there. But once I got past that, I thought he was really good in like a pretty dramatic role. Uh, I guess he need. I think he needs his Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, moment. that's what I was gonna like, say. Uh, like he needs something. He needs not like a superhero like, movie, but he needs a franchise or something. Yeah, but like, uh, what's his name? That Chris from, Pratt. Chris Pratt. Pratt yeah, yeah, he he needs that Guardians moment like Chris Pratt had to like project him into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But at this point in his career adam scott is now doing this fox sitcom so yeah why is he doing this is i guess <clears throat> yeah what if this thing takes off and people love it because it's nerdy like that you know the catchphrase that will never die well this, and this uh, is you nerdy know. on like the same level that like big bang theory is nerdy that's, that's right my like this is mainstream nerddom this is not like I, ironic i would almost, oh man Ugh. i would almost say like <laughs> and i hate big bang theory i fucking despise it but i would almost say that it's written better than this was 
Oh man, that's I don't know. I can't. I can see where you're coming from and respect it, but I, I can't say that. You're I speaking can't. blasphemy on the pot of Scott here. Can't, I'm can't sorry, say man. It on the record, man. I, listen, I qualified it with I despise it. You did, but you did. Couldn't I'm Adam, just telling you how bad I didn't like this. Couldn't Adam Scott be Sheldon in an alternate universe? <sighs> I don't like, think so. I think he could be well, Leonard. I'm, couldn't Adam Scott be Sheldon and Seth Rogen be Leonard in an alternate oh universe? <laughs> yeah, the real universe that I want to live in. <laughs> you know oh, what? You guys, guys you guys have convinced me. I'm taking back that comment. It, this isn't this isn't written no, worse no, no, than no. Big Bang. I'm taking it back. This, I'm has, this it back. has some solid jokes. It might be in there. Deuce worse, but it's yeah, not. I'm taking it back. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Well, Strike everybody that from gets the record. one man. Nope. Strike I, I'm on Not the record of thinking the Avengers was about 9-11, so we all get one. <laughs> yeah, Grimes, Grimes thought, no, you uh, thought Daredevil, so you thought Daredevil was about 9-11 because they re- kept referencing the incident. The event, oh yeah, the event. The event, yeah, and okay. that was the aliens attacking in Avengers. <laughs> okay, and then on the other yeah. end, we got Craig Robinson. I just don't think we've ever found the right Craig Robinson role. Nope. Like, I think I mean, he was these, good at the office. We, we've found good roles for him. Like he's good in the office, obviously. He's good in Eastbound and Down, Brooklyn yeah. Nine Nine, Mr. Robot. Like all these things where he makes like he's like not a guest star, but he's kind of on the outskirts of the main cast. He's good in. Like in, and I, and I actually thought that in the in the, this is the end, it would be kind of like his Apatow moment. You know how like each yeah. of these actors, like Rogan got his, Siegel got his. I thought that was going to be Craig Robinson's, and I and I was completely underwhelmed by him in that movie and how he just could not stand out on that cast. But he's I st- a really good actor though. I still think he deserves better than this for yeah, sure. He does. <laughs> Both of these guys deserve better than this. And that's why the pilot is so they... confusing to me just because you have these two guys who together could probably be a really great comedy team. And somehow this is the project they picked with this creator. It's There's a odd. good show here. There's a good show here somewhere. Somewhere. Well, let's talk about where where it is a good show. Is there any positives Whoa. to this show? Any jokes that we liked? Any setups? I liked a lot of one-liners. Okay, so we so we got some good one-liners in there. Is there any um, setups that you liked, Alan, for future episodes? Uh, Obviously, let's see. I'm, I'm scanning be... my I'm scanning my notes. I think the only time that I actually wrote that something was okay was the Kevin Spacey conversation. That we were talking about alternate u- universes and the Kevin Sp- and he's like as Kevin Spacey in that universe or something like that. That was one of those weird humor moments that it needed more of that's like kind of a they're kind of making fun of themselves in a weird show kind of moment. Yeah. No, but I like but that, that definitely but that was it. That was literally the only thing I wrote down that I liked in the whole thing. I liked the line time for clues. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It made me chuckle. Um, and then was that in the garage? Was that he, when they were in the garage? Yeah, and he just goes, "Time for clues." And he just starts looking mm-hmm. around. And the other, the other scene I really enjoyed was when they are working in quotes on the printer. And yes, I like, like that sequence. Doing the bad improv where he's like, "I'm just gonna set down my tools," and <laughs> yeah. they like kind of go through that whole. Yeah, I wrote down that was okay too, but I put it was a little too. A little too try hard though, like in that scene, like they were just trying to make it work. Really. Are you talking about when Adam Scott slapped Craig Robinson across yeah. the face and said, "That's enough yeah. back talk, bro"? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's both. This is both of those things. Two and one. Yeah, sure. 
So, since this is a, a, an all-in-one wraparound, I think that's more your specialty. Well, I mean, since I'm your boss, maybe you should just go ahead and do it. All right. But right before this, I talked to Sanchez. He promoted me. I'm in charge now. Congrats. Well, that's interesting, because Sanchez got fired. That's enough back talk, bro. OK, yeah, I'm going to go. No, I want you to see this. Why? She doesn't. Ugh. You will show me the respect I've earned. Yeah, I can't be here for this. And that was great where yeah. it was like kind of half snl racial i'm trying to think of like a famous racial sketch that that would that that line would fit into i'm sure mm-hmm. there's a, i'm sure there's a few like maybe the um maybe like the will ferrell movie with uh uh kevin hart that get yeah, hard yeah maybe that's, yeah, yeah. yeah perfect that's yep. perfect that's a get hard line right there i don't know <laughs> I, I i guess like when i look at the show if it didn't have these two comedy mega talents, it would be like unairable, right? Uh, this would never get to air. Yeah. And that's not good wrote, if the script is that weak. I wrote groan in my notes four times, and each time I kept adding more O's. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. It was hard for me to watch this and not see it as a spoof, like a, a send up of this genre, kind of. And I know they don't want that, but it doesn't really matter what you want because the way it was made it just seemed like they never got like they just threw a lot of jokes out there sitcom pilots style and it just i don't know man i love these guys both so much but yeah i don't know did, did you feel Something's like each, like each joke was so on the nose like it was yes yeah it was, it was like predictable. you might as well I heard like a sad. you might as well have like a rim shot and symbol after each joke like it was so <laughs> On the nose, like this is the joke, yeah. the end, well, next just, scene. Just from like a plotting perspective, I think the main error they make here is not if the, if you're gonna if you're gonna copy the X Files, just go all the way and copy the setup. Like X Files works because Mulder is already at the FBI. Yeah, that's why it works. He's already at the FBI. He's he's like ridiculed. He's in the basement. And because of that, because you know he's been living in that world and existing within that world for a long time, everything around him feels very lived in, right? The hallways feel very lived in. Here, the lab looks like it was created for a pilot. It looks like they haven't done any work in that lab. It's like spotless. Right, everything's brand new and shiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everything is spotless. I mean, they, they couldn't cross-check the... Like, because Leroy comes in because he is like a good missing persons detective. So the setup of the pilot is that at the very beginning, an agent, an agent of the Bureau Underground or whatever, that terrible name they gave it. Yes, the Bureau Underground. It really makes you appreciate the X-Files as a name because that's just like such a pitch perfect name. But anyways, (laughs) so this agent of the Bureau Underground gets taken and these two guys, Adam Scott um, and Craig Robinson, Craig Robinson gets brought in because he's a good. He was he was a good detective before he got his partner killed, at the LAPD, I believe, a missing persons detective. So he's brought in for that reason, and Adam Scott is brought on because he is he was a former Harvard professor, who's kind of gone crazy because he he believes his wife has been abducted by aliens. Sound familiar? It's the exact setup for Mulder. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not a sister. But again, the X-Files works because, because Mulder is working there. And if you bring them both in and you make the lab look like it's the first time anybody has stepped foot in there, and if you make the lab, the people that work in the lab, so stupid that they didn't cross-check phone calls and credit cards, like, oh I, I, th- I thought that Leroy would have some, like, great 
insight into finding this guy. All he did was like the first move in the missing person's book. Have they called anybody? Yeah. Where have they used yeah. their card? I was like, come on, that's so dumb. Like, uh, that's like hell? when you come home and you're like, I lost my keys. And they're like, did you check the key rack? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I checked the key rack, bitch. We, like, lo we lost an assume agent. Assume I did the first like 10 dumbass common sense things. Like these people <laughs> did no groundwork. And why, why do they have to like start off belittling these dudes and making them both bitches from the like, I work at a bookstore. I'm really crazy. Like, come on. This we all know nobody would work in a bookstore like that. I just didn't like how they started off like these guys are some weird failures and this is yeah. their big redemption. His, his wife gets abducted, apparently by aliens. So the his wife of, and kid, right? No, I think it's just wife because he sees the oh, wife, just wife. He sees the wife okay. at the end. So, <laughs> so any logical person or any obsessive person would dedicate their life to finding her. And it would be like a Carrie Matheson board on their wall with all the, you know, the, right. the string going all over the place. But no, he gets a job. Listening at a, to a lot of jazz. He gets a job at a bookstore. <laughs> like, how is that the rational reaction? Why is he working at a bookstore? Right. I don't understand. I have because a PhD books, in books quantum knowledge, physics. Don't you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I guess, I guess like the whole thing is just like every choice they make I'm just wondering why this show doesn't pick up in like with one of them already at the bureau and sent out to recruit the other one. Like men in black is another great like men in black style. Yes. I wrote that down. Will as well. Smith is a great detective. Adam Scott, go out and get him. You know? Right. Yeah. The men show works, like though. in men in black, how they showed how awesome he was at everything. Maybe show that to give a reason other than, yeah, did you check the phone? Like, come yeah. on. That yeah. just make Craig Robinson look like a dick. Right. Yeah. Also giving the kid a video game that his mom probably didn't want him to have also kind of makes him seem like a dick. You're, the partner dies. I, I kind of like that scene, though. I like that I, scene. It was funny. I like yeah, the scene it because okay. it was funny, but like just like thinking rational, it seems like you're undermining the widow. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's kind of mean. I'm just, I'm just thinking in that sense. But yeah, it's just a lot of their setup stuff was just misguided. Oh my God! The measuring tape scene, where a measuring for body armor or a coffin. Uh, <laughs> my God! Seriously, right. I, I think everybody in the show is a professional. Like I think everybody can deliver lines, except the kind of like the head lady. She's. I did not like that head lady. I don't one like her bit. either. I, no. I kept picturing the mom from Sheldon's mom from Big Bang. I forget her name. <laughs> I didn't look it up, but. Um, or Leonard's mom, the mean lady. She was also in uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch movie. But anyway, oh, yeah, I, know who you're I can't about. remember okay. her name. Yeah. But that I, lady, I think, has been way better. Can I bring up one way you could make the whole show 100,000 times better, though? Cancel it. Cast Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even even easier. Fire whoever your sound effects and or sound design guy is. Fire his ass now. Because that scream that he had the head do... Twice. Hey, what's up? Yeah! Abort! Yeah! And then the scream at the end with the wife. The wife scream was particularly um, not even like synced up properly. N and nothing. Very weird, and like almost like it was. It thought it would scare you. Well, the and the like severed head scream thing is like one of the most like trademark screams that you hear in everything. Yeah. Like it's like a Wilhelm scream, but not quite as obvious as that. But still, 
I've heard it a thousand times in like video games and trailers. Like it's terrible. And they did it twice in a row, the same exact scream. While uh, we're getting into stuff we hate, let's go on to a little title talk. Title talk. You know, they've talked about the death of the intro sequence because you can skip it on Netflix and people just generally aren't spending as much time thinking about the title sequence in pop culture. But man, if any show was going to have a good title sequence, it was going to be ghosted. There's so much imagery you could use. There's so many cool um, horror-themed, creepy-themed images that you could pair with names and things like that and cast members and directors or however you wanted to do it, you know? It's it's a genre show. Take advantage of the fact that it's a genre show and do something. Yeah, creepy. be a little campy in the intro. Yeah. And yeah, be campy. That's the show is campy. Be campy. But instead, they just do the name across like TV static, and then they do the cast names afterwards in the action. So this, lazy. Yeah, I mean every every show that I like right now has a great title sequence. Yeah, I mean Stranger I like Things sequences. has a fantastic one. Parks and Rec had a fantastic title. I sequence. just always think of Mad Men. I mean, that imagine that oh, show without God, that. Mad, yeah, exactly. Imagine if it was just after a cold open, it just said Mad Men in red type. <laughs> yeah, and then John Hamm. Yeah, like the fuck? nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Because <laughs> then you're also minimizing the chance that your theme song um, becomes stuck in people's heads and becomes its own thing. Like you think of all the right. great title sequences, like The Office. We love the theme song. Parks and Rec. Yeah. We love the theme song. You're just giving people more stuff to kind of spoof and be attached to and feel, you know, feel like they own, you know, over the show. And they don't do any of that. I just, I don't understand. This show does so not give you show. any of that. No. There's nothing to attach to. There's nothing to feel except for, I just watched 22 minutes of two really funny guys in other shit. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, you know, like, like yeah, two guys that could have been doing way better stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like and why, also, why isn't this a movie with those two guys and just actually make it rated R or something and make the comedy right. a little more risky? Yeah, and then like, you make three of them because it would be amazing and it, everybody put on, wins. <laughs> put it on fucking Netflix. I don't care. Right. Yeah. And also, this is this is away from the show a little bit, but it has to do with why I didn't like it as much. When you watch it on the Fox website, because they have all these like first episodes on there, mm-hmm. it their website to let you stream it is absolute cancer to begin with because they make you... <laughs> They make you go through five to six oh, ads no. No. every every five to ten minutes. <laughs> wow. So would, it literally took me like 45 minutes to watch this thing. We, we would have given you our pilot study Hulu account if we knew you were, oh you were getting God. punished in such a horrible way. Just garbage. Yeah, Just goes to show that like Fox doesn't even give a shit. So it's garbage. You and sure it, don't. This also falls into the pilot trap of revealing way too much because you had to make a pilot to pitch the show. It's like, does the wife thing need to happen after 20 minutes? We are 20 minutes into an extended story. Why are we already getting, you know, conclusions to revelations? 20 minutes. Like, come on. Like, let it roll out a little bit. Get a couple case of the weeks and then come back to the wife. Also, why did he order a jelly sandwich with only uh, just a jelly sandwich with no peanut butter on it? Did they think that that was funny? I don't understand. I didn't get it. He said, he said no crust and no PB. Yeah, so he said a PB and J, no crust, no PB. So just jelly. Yeah, I, just, I didn't get the joke. I'm like, yeah, that's not. That's <laughs> I don't I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, 
I, I want to like um, the show so much. I like the idea of a hero with elbow pads. You know, I'm, I'm a professor, so I like the idea of like a cool professor, <laughs> kind of in the mold of like a more neurotic Indiana Jones. You know, like going out and being smart and you know being able to outthink the uh, outthink the opponents. Like I like that kind of stuff. And like these two guys, right. I love. I just wish that they res- they respected them more with the material. So. Yeah, I mean, I was excited for the show when I first saw it was coming out. Like, I got really excited. I was like, I like these guys, and I love paranormal stuff and funny paranormal stuff even better. But no, no, it's bad. It's just, real bad. Just let these guys do this show 100% improv. Do Curb Your Enthusiasm plus The X-Files equals this. Like, even, like, the character development, like, when they have their first drive together and Adam Scott's just talking Leroy's ear off, I feel like he wouldn't be that neurotic that quick. It's like, no, we, no way. We got to give him all the character traits immediately. And then and we have to kind of establish who these two guys are because we might not get a second episode. And I hate when <laughs> I hate when they have to make pilots like that or I hate when they can't take a second crack at it. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to feel depressing. your anxiety. Like, I don't want to feel the showrunner freaking out through the shit. Like <laughs> you could feel the sense of this guy like. Like you said, write everything, every joke, throw it all out because, yeah, we might get three of these and that's it. So. Just, just imagine if this show is through Adam Scott's eyes. They pick him up at the bookstore. They get to spend a little more time with him because we cut out the Craig Robinson scene. And Craig Robinson is already at the Bureau Underground and it was his partner that disappeared. Like he, his partner is the one that ran to the warehouse at the beginning and disappeared. And so he's trying to find him. And the only way he can find him is through Adam Scott's expertise. Because he, he found had, that book. So he's like, I need to find this dude. Oh, my God. We are, we are killing yeah. it right now. That's like perfect. the whole the whole first episode should have just been lead up of them getting to the whatever underground like. The whole and first that, episode should have just been character building. Right, there's right, and then that takes, gives Craig uh, Robinson credibility instead of making him look like an asshole the whole time. Because well, he's already with this like badass group, you know. He could show up in a suit and be like, "Come here, nerd!" Like whatever, you know what I mean? They could give him like cool shit. I mean, that's like. Then we, it's his show. We just you know? did. We just did this right now, and that's a way better setup than anything. You're welcome, jerks. We'll, we'll accept cash or a check. Like, you're, well, you're, you're welcome, Fox. If you want to reboot this show in twenty years, <laughs> they just they just rip off X Files with the. Uh, the, the one guy not seeing the UFO. Oh yeah, that 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 dynamic. Yeah. Scully doesn't see a UFO for yeah a comically long time in the X Files. Like, <laughs> she doesn't see a UFO until she gets pregnant by an alien. <laughs> she literally Jeez. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do some reviews. Uh, Daniel Feinberg, who we referenced earlier in his "Take Me to the Pilot" series, said said that it barely matters to me what Adam Scott's Max and Craig Robinson's Leroy do for a living before or what conditions make them amenable to inquests into the paranormal or gifted in, in their new pursuits the pilot to ghosted however thinks i care and it makes my caring it, and it thinks my caring is more important than laughs so i spent a half hour being told things i probably had taken on faith and following an initial investigation that couldn't be less interesting so he just wants them to jump right into it i cannot agree more all right um start him on the job that would be much better a uh, variety sonia saria said that based on just the pilot, the single cam has a nice escapist little atmosphere with elements of horror. It's hard to tell if that will be enough to sustain it. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I would agree with that as well, even though that's a little more of a positive take. Like, I, I'm going to watch these episodes just because it's at least like an, a world I feel I could get interested in at some point. 
and I like the actors. So mm. that's what I would say. They're, yeah, they're I getting s- they're getting by a lot on the two leads. I saw an mind. AV Club like maybe a week ago. AV Club did a review of it, and they actually gave it like maybe a C or something, and said that Adam Scott and um, uh, Craig Robinson could like carry it just on themselves. I I don't think so. I don't see that at all. So you wouldn't watch it just based on those two. I can't. No, I mean it's it's the right. I might watch another episode just to see if the writing gets any better, but as it stands, the writing's too bad. I think the writing's yeah, really bad. I, I'm somewhere in between. Okay. It's not great. I, I think that after the paper jam sequence, that thing kind of caught my eye. I like little cutaway weird shit like that. And um, once that that was around halfway through, I think, and after that, I felt like it did get a little bit better. Like the story picked up some, and it, we got out of the weeds with all that bookstore security guard bullshit. So I think, yeah, maybe the pilot was clunky. I'm not gonna worry about watching the rest of it, but I can see like next summer when these nine failed episodes are just sitting there like <laughs> or however many they crank out um yeah it's a 10 yeah. episode I, I just don't see this as a long haul thing i think it's a, a terrible tv show i think it could have been a great movie the way we started to just write it um <laughs> but yeah these guys wow just two awesome awesome leads and uh we're usually we're usually still... not this cocky in our rewrites but I th- actually think that's a pretty solid No, this solid feels rewrite. right. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, those were easy things, again, that, like, if they weren't so worried about getting a joke every four seconds, maybe they could have thought through the story, like, the setup a little bit. Mm-hmm. So ratings, this is from Deadline Hollywood. Ghosted had it scored a 1.4 in the 18 to 49 demo. That is equal to 3.6 million total viewers. And it actually, in the second episode, it held on to 100% of its premiere oh. demo rating and audience. So it's staying steady at least. Um, but they said there is a major asterisk asterisk while last week ghosted impressively matched its Simpsons demo lead in this week. It only managed a 63% retention as the Simpsons was boosted by the big NFL lead in. Um, so the Simpsons got this NFL lead in and then everybody bailed after that, unfortunately <laughs> uh, it's doing better than like last man on earth is currently doing. Um, at 2.3 sad because that's brilliant and 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 is doing better than family guy is currently doing family guy is only bringing in like 3.1 million are they they are doing new episodes right now right or i think so yeah you know i gave up on is mcfarland just doing the star trek thing now uh i think they're still cranking out family guys and i think he's been kind of hands off for a a few years um alex sulkin is pretty much like taking over that as far as i know the dude who's awesome on twitter that's how i heard about him but anyway he's a big writer over there i gave up on family guy though that shit i don't know got old to me a few years ago yeah uh, i would also mention that last man on earth last man on earth premiered bigger than ghosted if you can imagine that with that crazy concept that was a 2.3 rating to a 1.4 um so i just really love last man on earth i hope they just let it go it kind of grinded me down a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just, it's too cringe for me. It's a lot of forte. It's a lot of forte. Obviously, lot of, but I mean... It's a lot of forte lying and then trying to snake his way out of things, and I just didn't... I'm just, I was done with it after a while. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But what I'm trying to say is that this movie did, or this show did okay. Not great, but I think what it's doing right now, if it's able to hang and improve with improved quality, then it should get a second season. I mean, again, they gave Last Man on Earth like four seasons. So if, yeah, this, if, yeah. th- if this can't get a second, then it's in major trouble. It, it, I mean, but it did really like, bad. <laughs> like the uh, 
the dog show. What was that dog series? Downward Dog or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Downward Dog, yep. That was a decent show, and it didn't get a second season, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, Last Man on Earth also had like um, a little bit of awards love too, so you got to remember that. Oh, okay. I mean, Arrested Development had like the lowest ratings in Fox history, and it got three seasons because it won Emmys. So oh, God, I mean, yeah. that's kind of like the trump card, I guess. Like, hey, we just won em- the Emmy for best comedy series. You probably should Wanna bring us cancel back. us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you probably yeah. should bring us back for another year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ghosted is going to have that that trump card unfortunately no <laughs> uh all right any uh, any final thoughts i feel like we just breezed right through that i feel good yeah i feel like we got it all out we exercised ourselves from it we exercised our <laughs> demons you know there's going to be an exorcist episode uh probably this, next week this season no well, next, they, next they already like teased a Halloween it didn't they? Thing. did they already they tease teased it? the they teased the exorcism because he like He's looking at the girl in the scene. And he goes, "Well, at least she's speaking English now, or something like that." Like, <laughs> did you see that in the little like no. teaser clip? No, I'm Ugh. sure. I'm sure that's what happens, though. Um, yeah. The next episode is called BMO, and it, it the uh, synopsis is on Halloween night, Jermaine, who I don't even know who Jermaine is, gets infected with a zombie-esque virus by a demon cat. When Leroy and Max take him trick or treating, so maybe Jermaine is um like the kid that he gives the video what? game to oh uh, yeah maybe i don't know yeah i don't know who else it could be but apparently somebody gets infected with a zombie-esque virus so but what i i don't even know how they're gonna get there from where this episode ended though like yeah what's the what's like the reality your is your wife like is trapped in a thing and you're the dude's trapped in a thing and you're just gonna take a kid trick-or-treating like i don't okay i don't get it I don't get it either. Let's wrap this up. This What's popular? Halloween. Zombies. Go. <laughs> go. Dress them up as the kid from Stranger Things. Go. Let's he, just throw $5 million <laughs> in a room and hope a TV show pops out the other side. The thing is, this show can't run all its episodes in October. So, like, eventually it's not going to be timely anymore. And it's right, going to have right. to to skate by on some charm and some actual well, show writing. If it can make it to Christmas, we can always oh, have yeah. the ghost, Krampus. the ghost of oh, Christmas past, or a Krampus. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking more traditional, like ghost of Christmas past, but we can actually go Krampus too. That's a good point. Well, we know Adam Scott loves Krampus. Yeah, so. there you go. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you, Alan, for joining us today. Even though you got punished by that Fox <laughs> streaming app, if anybody else wants to watch it, it's on Hulu. Yeah, I would suggest it. Grimes, as always, you're the man. Thank you. My pleasure, sir. And Alan, um, consider this payback for making me watch that weird David Lynch thing. <laughs> so which one would you rather watch? On the air or Ghosted? This a million Ghosted. times oh, in a row. My Ghosted. God. Ghosted a Get million out. times. Get out of the podcast now. Leave. <laughs> you know, Adam, you know, we were talking about like David Lynch guys. Adam Scott could be a David Lynch guy. He could. He, definitely. He's one hundred percent. He's got a little bit of a little bit of lynch in him, I feel. He's the other choices he's made. You know who else I think would make a good David Lynch guy? Who we talked about today, Jim Parsons. Mm, Just go with me. Just go with me. (laughs) I don't know. Good in Garden State. A good stage performer, as far as I know. Uh, You know, Big Bang Theory is just his paycheck. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a good actor underneath all that money. Underneath that money (laughs) that he just swims in like Scrooge McDuck. trillions of dollars yeah how much uh, how, how many times a month do you think uh, jim parsons burns a joker um size stack of cash 
Do you think he just does it to intimidate his family or just to intimidate his cast members? Or <laughs> I feel like he has he's... a giant effigy of cash that he burns every every month. It's like a ceremony to make sure more cash. Have cash burning contests. They're like. <laughs> Let's see who can burn the biggest pyramid of hundreds. I just imagine Jim Parsons as like um, always undermining his co-stars and like being just being just generally evil and like trying to get raises above them. Like who's the guy that plays um, Leonard? Galecki, Johnny yeah, Galecki. So he goes to Galecki's yard every morning and he just burns a huge amount of cash <laughs> right in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I can do I can do this, Chump. You can't. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you to everybody who has listened today. And as always, we will leave you with a preview from next week's episode. One of my favorite shows of all time. We're going to be getting into it. Grimes doesn't even know about this yet, but I'm going to finally make him watch the show that you're going to get previewed right now. So we'll talk to you soon. Hey. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This puts the future squarely in the hands of those who know computers not for what they are, but for everything they have the potential to be. What? You know who said that? No, no, I don't. You did. Page 36, closing paragraph. Computers aren't the thing. They're the thing that gets us to the thing. the premise behind pilot study. Oh, bummer.